gospel. Somebody say the gospel. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Somebody say it again. Say the gospel. And healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame or the report of him went throughout all Syria. And they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. And those who were demon-possessed and epileptics and paralytics. And he healed them. See, when the gospel was proclaimed, power went forth. And great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Verse 23, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I want to take a few moments this morning and I want to preach to you this thought, the message of the gospel. I'm going to let you sit down just a moment, but I, I came across something last night I thought was very interesting. There was this list of the top five books that have been written that they say will change your life. The first one was entitled 13 Things That Mentally Strong People Don't Do. The second one was entitled How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Third one was tied, the third one was titled, How to Measure Your Life. The fourth one was entitled, Emotional Intelligence. And the fifth one was entitled, Finding Your Element. It amazed me that in that list, I didn't see one thing about the Bible. I didn't see one thing mentioned about the gospel. Here's what I can tell you. There's a lot of self-help books out there today. There's a lot of resources that Christian people have written that I believe are helpful to us and can help us to enjoy our life and find satisfaction and fulfillment. But Brother Craig, there's one book I found that has the answer for every single question that I have and a solution for every single problem. And it's not finding my element and not emotional intelligence, but I'm going to tell you what it is. It is the B-I-B-L-E, and it is still the book for me. I've based my life on this word, and it has everything that we need. And I just want to preach the good news of, of Jesus to you today. Let's pray before we're seated. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for what you're going to say to us today and what you're going to speak to us today. And I'm asking you to open our hearts and our ears to hear the word of God today. Change us today, Father. I'm believing that somebody needs to come back home today and find Jesus. I sensed it all week, Lord. I believe you want to do it. I believe you want to draw somebody today. And I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, the church said amen this morning. God bless you. You can be seated. Pastor Tony, thank you today for your help. The first few verses here that I read to you, or these few verses that I just read to you, reveal to us the early days of the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. If you open up the very beginning pages of the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1 reveals to us the conception of of the Christ child in the womb of a virgin named Mary. Matthew chapter 2 reveals to us the coming of the Christ. 
and wise men that will bring him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Matthew chapter 3 reveals to us the confirmation of Christ as he stands in the rivers of the Jordan. John baptizes him. The heavens are opened, a dove descends, and the voice of the Father speaks and confirms Christ by saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 4 reveals to us the first crucible or the testing or trying of Christ. As he has been driven, the Bible says, by the Spirit into the wilderness. And he finds himself in the midst of a 40-day fast. And there, in the midst of that 40-day fast, the enemy will show up. Even though the Scripture only contains three instances where we see the devil coming to tempt him, the Bible is very clear that for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. And then in verses 12 through 17, we see the coming out of Christ. As he begins his Galilean ministry, he begins to fulfill the purpose that he was sent into this world to fulfill, to preach the kingdom of God. Then when we get into this text, we see the significance of the ministry of Christ. We see the significance of the effectiveness of his ministry. As the Bible reveals to us that Jesus begins to preach and he begins to teach. The Bible said he preaches the gospel of the kingdom. And something starts happening when he starts preaching the gospel. People start getting healed. People are delivered. People are set free. The Bible said that those who were demon-possessed I want to tell you the supernatural is still real today. As real as the supernatural power of God is, there is a, another supernatural realm that is at work called the enemy and his demons. And if you are not careful, listen, there are times that if we'll leave a door open, the devil will come in and will oppress us and will torment us. And Jesus is preaching the gospel of the kingdom and demon-possessed people are being delivered. And those that are tormented are being set free. And the Bible says that, that epileptics and paralytics and signs and wonders are happening. You know why? Because the gospel is being preached. So what is the gospel? What does the gospel mean? If you go throughout the pages of the Word of God, you will, you will understand and you'll find out that in the 23rd verse of Matthew chapter 4, that is the first time we ever see or hear the word gospel. Now, there is some similar things that are talked about and written about in the Old Testament, but the first time we ever see or hear the word gospel is in the 23rd verse here of Matthew chapter 4. The Bible talks to us about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We read about the gospel of the grace of God. We read about the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of peace. Paul would write in Romans 1 and 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. He would write in Romans 10 and 15, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. 
So what, what does it mean when we see or hear the word gospel? Well, if you'll look through the King James Version of the Bible, that word gospel is mentioned 95 different times. And in its purest, most simplest meaning, the gospel is this, good news. It speaks of bringing or announcing good news. It is a picture, if you study the word out, of a messenger who brings a message of victory or other personal or political news that brings joy. The word gospel is an indication of, and it speaks of proclaiming good news. And listen, we're living right now in a time that is surrounded by nothing, it seems, but bad news. I could use some good news every now and then. Listen, if you turn on Fox News or CNN News or MSNBC or whatever other network you might watch, there's not a whole lot of good news that's being propagated, proclaimed, or promoted right now. And I'm telling you, we are living in a messed up world that needs the message of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the gospel, the good news, everybody say good news. Is the, it's the good news of what God has done to reach us. Listen, the gospel, the good news, reveals to us that God entered this world through the person of Jesus Christ. And he achieved for us, Brother Kenny Hancock, a salvation that we could not achieve for ourselves. It's what Paul said in Romans 8 and 3, for the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and he condemned sin in the flesh. Listen, the central truth of the gospel is that God provided a way of salvation for all of mankind through the gift of his son Jesus Christ that he sent into this world. I don't know how much more plain, I don't know how more simple that we can give, but the gospel, the good news is this, is that Jesus Christ has provided a way for every man, every woman, every boy and every girl to have eternal life and to live with him forever. I'm telling you we're living in a world right now that we hear all kind of stuff and all kind of things as it relates to the news and as it relates to spiritual principles and spiritual things and theology. I've just come today to give you one simple truth about the gospel message. 2,000 years ago, 
God provided a way in the form and in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. They stretched him wide. They hung him high. He cradled his bearded chest, a chin upon his chest, and he cried, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. They took him down off of that cross, Jean Turpin. They wrapped him in grave clothes. They placed him in a borrowed tomb, and for three days he lay there. But on that third day, resurrection power invaded the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, and Jesus Christ got up victorious over death, over hell, and over the grave. He walked around on this earth for 40 days, showing himself alive by many infallible proofs. He ascended up into heaven, and he lives there today. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. And Jerry Beckner, here's the good news. One day, Jesus Christ is coming back again to take us to heaven, and we will rule with him. We will reign with him, and we'll live with him forever. That's good news to me today. Ah, come on and praise him if you're glad for the good news. So in this messed up world that we're living in, we need the message of the gospel. Listen, I know that so much of this is elementary to most of you. I know that what I'm going to share these next 20 minutes or so is so very simple. But I am so compelled today. I mean, just compelled and urged by the Holy Spirit to preach the message of the gospel. We could stand to hear some good news. I'm going to give you some good news. You ready? Let me talk to you about the simplicity of the gospel message. Listen, this is not profound. This is not deep. This won't cause you to leave here and scratch your head and wonder if we're trying to peel layers back and show you some deep, profound truth that people can. That's not, that's not what I'm after any Sunday. But today you're going to hear the simplest message you've heard in a long time. Here's the simplicity of the gospel message. Are you, are you ready? God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only son that they called Jesus. Sent him to this earth through the womb of a virgin named Mary. Can I stop and just tell you that there are some doctrines out there today that are saying that Jesus was not virgin born. And that the virgin birth is all a farce. I, you just need to know this, that if Jesus was not virgin born, then his blood is the same as your blood and my blood. And if he was not virgin born, and his blood is like your blood and my blood, that means that the cross was null and void. Because if the blood that flowed through his body is just normal blood, then that means that the blood he shed on Calvary could not wash away and take away our sins. But because he was virgin born, and we understand that the blood type of the child, is the dominant, is usually the blood of the father. And here's the deal. Jesus could not have the blood of Joseph because if he had the blood of Joseph, then he would not be the perfect lamb of God slain from the foundation of this world. But the blood that flows through the veins of Jesus Christ is the blood of his father that we call God. And because he was virgin born, I was talking about this last night to my kid. My daughter said to me, Daddy, what does it mean that Jesus was virgin? 
virgin born. I gave her a simple way that only a 12-year-old could understand. I said, listen, the way that he was virgin born is that Mary, listen, I said she never knew her husband. By the way, we already had the birds and the bees talk, so she was already good. I said that that baby got in Mary's womb because it was conceived, he was conceived of by the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know today that they can preach what they want to preach and say what they want to say, but I still believe that he was born of a virgin, that he was conceived by the Holy Ghost, and because he was, listen, the cross is good enough for us today, and the simplicity of the message is this, that God loves you so much, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for your sins on a cross, and because he did that, you don't have to die separated away from God. He loves you, and he sent Jesus for you this morning. There is a decision that was driven by his love. That decision was to send Jesus Christ to die the most horrible, brutal death that any one person could ever die. But then we read in John 3.16 the declaration of God's love to us. Listen, I believe it is the, it is the gospel summed up in one verse of Scripture. For God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life don't forget that is john 3:16 but there's another john 3:16 it's first john 3:16 by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And then I read in Romans 5 and 8 the demonstration of God's love. But God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. Let that sink in for a moment. That God knew that you were going to reject him. God knew that we would live a life of sin. And that while we were still sinners and be living lost and separated and away from God, Jesus would still make the decision to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still kicking him to the side, turning our backs on him and disobeying everything he laid out for us in Scripture. He said, you know what? Even though they're still going to be in a state of sin, I'm going to die for them. If that's not a demonstration of love, I don't know what is. Somebody once said that the cross is God's way of saying over my dead body. I could stop there and shout one minute. Over my dead body, you're not going to go to hell, he said. Over my dead body, I'm not going to give up on you. Over my dead body, I'm going to sacrifice the only son I would ever have. Why? So you could live forever in eternity with me. That's the simplicity of the gospel message. God loves you, and he loves you so much, he sent his son to die for you. I read this story some time ago that... Helps illustrate this principle. A little boy came happily running through the house one summer day. His mama stood at the sink washing dishes and he announced, I'm going out into the lake to take a swim. He ran out that kitchen door, got on that dock and jumped in. Began to happily swim around. 
Unbeknown to him that in that lake there was a crocodile that was behind him. As he swam there, oblivious to what was happening. His mother was looking through the window. And she watched in horror as that crocodile moved closer to her son. She ran out of that house with soapy hands, dishwater dripping off of her hands, and began to yell to her son frantically to swim as fast as he possibly could. The boy became somewhat scared and alarmed and frantic, and he began to swim as fast as he could to that dock. And just as his mother reached down to grab his arm, that crocodile latched on to his leg. His mother held on to him, and she pulled with all of her might. And though that crocodile was stronger, she was more passionate. And her supernatural love gave her strength. Finally, this neighbor heard the commotion and came running over with his pistol, shot the crocodile several times, and the mother jerked him up. Thankfully, the little boy survived. Thankfully, after several surgeries, he was able to walk. After the trauma of that event had ended, a newspaper reporter, the story said, showed up at their house to interview the little boy and talk to him about that incident. And as the interview went on, the reporter finally said, do you mind if I see the scars on your legs? The little boy pulled the sheets back, and as the reporter looked at those scars, the little boy could tell he was very alarmed and very troubled by the size of the scars. And the little boy said, listen, those aren't the scars you need to see. As he happily took his shirt off and said, the scars you need to see are these scars right here on my arm. These are the scars that my mama's fingernails made. When she refused to let me go so the crocodile wouldn't swallow me. He said, these scars are here because my mama refused to let go for one moment. She saved my life. What that little boy was saying to that reporter was that these scars tell a story of my mama's love for me and my mama's refusal to give up on me. I've got some scars today I'd like to tell you about that tell a story. 2,000 years ago, they ran nails through his hands and ran nails through his feet. They put a sword through his side, and today, 2,000 years later, James Hanks, those scars are still telling a story. They tell the story to me, and they tell the story to you that God loved you so much, he refused to let go of you. He refused to give up on you. He refused to ever stop forgiving you. The scars tell a story, and that's the simplicity of the gospel message that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the scars. Thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the whipping post in Pilate's courtyard. Thank God for those ruby red drops of blood that drip down his brow and down his chest and down his legs and down his feet. It's because of the scars. It's because of the blood that I stand here today, a brand new creature in Jesus Christ. Come on and praise him if you're glad about that today. Oh, hallelujah. Here's the second thing I want to tell you about the gospel message. 
Not just the simplicity, but the scope. The scope of the message. The scope is so wide. And it's so broad that not one person is ever excluded from the good news. Seven and a half billion people that occupy this planet and the scope of the message is so broad that not one man, not one woman, not one boy, not one girl, Brother Stout, is ever excluded from the gospel message. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they're from. It doesn't matter their social status. It doesn't matter their socioeconomic status. Doesn't matter what their bank account has or doesn't have. Doesn't matter who they know or who they don't know. But the scope of the gospel is so broad and so wide that not one person will ever be excluded when they decide to run into the arms of Jesus Christ. What did the Bible tell us in John 3, 16? For God so loved the world. You ready for this? I love this world. That whosoever. Paul would reiterate that in Romans 10 and 13 when he said, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Boy, this makes me happy this morning shall be saved. I feel that moonwalking anointing on me this morning. My God, help me, Jesus. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you mind to take that for me, sir? Whosoever, you know who's a Whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Brother Craig, you're a whosoever. Andrew Mason, you're a whosoever. Sean, you're a whosoever. Kenny Hancock, you're a whosoever. Pastor and Sister Weaver, as many years have you invested in the ministry, as many lives have you touched and changed, you and I are a whosoever. You know, I... You know why I believe that the writer wrote it like that? So that nobody would be left out. He just said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Listen, the scope of the gospel is so broad and it's so wide that a prisoner sitting on death row in a jail cell awaiting the phone call to go to the gas chamber is not excluded. The gospel message is so broad and it's so wide 
that an 80 or a 90 year old man or woman who is laying on their deathbed has never ever accepted or received Christ and for all of their life they have rejected him but in that one fleeting passing moment of time God I feel the Holy Ghost touching me right here when they prepare to draw their last breath can put their faith in a God that they've never known for all of that time and God in his grace and in his mercy will save them at that very last moment the gospel message is so broad and it is so wide that a middle aged man in a whorehouse looking for love in all the wrong places is not excluded the message of the gospel is so wide and it's so broad that a drunk laying in a gutter somewhere who will get up and go home and beat his wife and beat his children is not excluded from the gospel message the gospel is so broad and it's so wide that some teenager sitting in a youth detention center that is full of anger and hate and depression is not excluded from the gospel. I want to tell you the message is so broad and so wide. There's a pastor named Travis Gore who even though he was raised in the church of God and teethed on church of God pews and knew from a very young age he was called to preach this gospel, he still was a sinner in need of a savior and God reached down his hand and that scope, it is wide, it is broad, it is expensive and nobody is ever left out of the covering of the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't think the scope of the message is broad? Why don't you ask that harlot in the Old Testament named Rahab if the scope of the message is broad and wide? You don't think the scope of the message is broad and wide? Why don't you ask a king named David who was an adulterer and a murderer and see what he tells you? You don't think the scope of the message is broad and wide? Why don't you ask a man named Moses who killed a man and buried him in the sand? You don't think that the message of the gospel is broad and wide? Why don't you ask a woman in John chapter 8 caught in the very act of adultery and the law said that she should be stoned? But what did Jesus say? Jesus opened his arms wide and said, woman, where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn thee, but go and sin no more. Every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl is a candidate for the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Does the Bible say he'll in no wise cast anybody I mean, you can do whatever you want, live however you want. Y'all just overlook it. He'll just say, ah, it's no big deal. No, that's not the case at all. Because once you receive Christ in your life, things should start changing. Here's the last point. <clears throat> the simplicity of the gospel message. The scope. Whosoever. Whosoever. Do we have any whosoever's in the building this morning? <laughs> but here's the substance of the gospel message. Pastor Tony, come help me land this, please, sir. Here's the substance of the gospel message. What, what does the gospel contain? 
What's there? Because if we talk about the gospel, we talk about the good news. This is the good news. This is the gospel. This is the word, right? This is good news today. We have the word right here in writing. But I believe that John wrote somewhere, and John 1, 1 said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word is with God. The Word, the word was God. Jesus became the Word, was the Word, and became flesh and dwelt among us. So whatever the Word contains, whatever the substance we find in this Word, that's the substance that was found in Jesus. That's everything Jesus had to offer we find right here. Right? Luke chapter 4. Pull that next slide up, please. Luke chapter 4. Jesus stands up in the temple. And here's what he says. He opens up the, the scroll, the writings. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You see, Isaiah would prophesy in Isaiah 61, hundreds of years prior, that Jesus would stand up in the temple and would read the very writings of Isaiah, right? So wherever the gospel is proclaimed or preached, things happen. When the good news is announced, something's going to happen. When Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, you know what started happening? People started being healed and delivered and set free. And demon-possessed people were liberated. Paralytics were healed. Epileptics were healed. Why? Because the gospel contains power. Jesus is the word, Psalm Bertrand. <clears throat> watch this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He said, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. Everybody said the gospel? Gospel to the poor. You know what that says to me? That the gospel contains hope for the hopeless. He wasn't talking about people that were poor in monetary means, poor in spirit, destitute in spirit. No hope unless Christ came and they received Christ. What did he say? He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel, the substance of the gospel, it contains hope for the hopeless. I want to tell somebody here today. that You may have come into this sanctuary this morning and come into this auditorium and pulled up on this property today and thought that your life has come to a dead end and there's no hope. I'm telling you the gospel message today is this. There is hope for the hopeless. He went on and he said this. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That means that the gospel contains healing for the hurting. You may be sitting on pews in this place today. Your heart's been shattered in a million pieces. 
you've been betrayed by people you love most. You've been hurt by people that are near and dear to your heart. I'm telling you, the gospel message today contains healing for the hurting. Then he said this. The Spirit of the Lord God's long ago, he's, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. That tells me that the gospel contains breakthrough for those that are bound. <laughs> Maybe you're here today and you've got this nagging, pesty, pesky addiction that you just can't seem to shake. You've done everything you know to do and it just keeps running you down and you're two steps forward and three steps back. I'm telling you the gospel message today says that if you're bound, there can be breakthrough. in my soul right here. You don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay addicted. You don't have to stay under the bondage of a stronghold. There is breakthrough for people that are bound today because the gospel said so. It goes on and says this, and recovery of sight to the blind. That means there's clarity for the confused spiritually have no clue where you're going what's next what you're supposed to do spiritually blinded to the truth that God wants you to see I just feel I, I just feel strongly today by the witness of the Holy Spirit there's some folks in here today you're confused you're confused about life you're confused about relationships you're confused about spiritual things listen the gospel message contains clarity for people that are confused said this, to set at liberty those that are bruised. That says to me, there's deliverance for the downtrodden. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to some people in here today. I'm telling you. There's deliverance for the downtrodden. You came in here today, I mean bruised and broken. Listen, you're dressed up in your Sunday best sitting on these pews and we're going through the motions. And you think that nobody, I'll just come today, I'll, I'll slip in, I'll slip out, and I'll just keep dealing with life. But what you didn't realize is that God had you on His mind and on His heart today. You're bruised and you're broken in spirit. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty them that are bruised. The last thing he said, and I'm going to close. He said to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That means the gospel contains a good news message for a modern day world that's messed up. You know what? I've talked about the last few weeks, and when it, Tuesday comes and goes, I probably won't say a whole lot more about it. But listen, I don't care. Come Tuesday night, 10, 11 o'clock, or whenever it's done, it may be a landslide and be done way before that. Doesn't matter. 
who wins, who occupies the office. They can't alter and they can't change the message of the good news for this modern-day world that Jesus loves you, has a plan for you, and is coming back to take us to heaven. doesn't matter how messed up things get. There's a good news message today, and it's the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he loves us, he died for us, he's got a plan for us, and he'll never, ever turn us aside. That's the good news today. Stand to your feet please, as fast as you can this morning.